You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, World Wide Web? It's Brandon. And this is Alex. And we're filmmakers. And we're also drinking bourbon? Beer? This, this bur- 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 beer? Bur- beer? What is we, this? We are drinking we Kentucky got? Bourbon Barrel Ale. Let's give it a sip. All right. Man, that's good. Refreshing. That is good beer. So we've been teasing this for a while. Well, we have. And right now, we are finishing up the month of November. As you know, Thanksgiving is right around the corner, mm. as in tomorrow. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it is when you uh, hear this, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. And we are right in the midst of a podcast takeover, bourbon takeover, with Alltech Lexington Distillery. Mm. And they make all sorts of spirits. And on the show so far, we've had the Town Branch Bourbon, which was week one. Week two Good. was followed by the Purse Lion. Lion. It's missed. an American, um, American malt whiskey. Malt whiskey. I'm gonna have to go back and try. It's like that a scotch because I missed it. And uh, then last week, we had a very popular drink. We've gotten killer reviews online, Twitter. A lot of people's lives have changed because I think Adam's of drinking one right now. the Bluegrass <laughs> Sundown, which is actually amazing. Adam's in Studio B control room sipping on a Bluegrass Sundown. It's literally hot bourbon and cream, and, and it's just delicious. beautiful. For fans of Bailey's. So today, yeah. we rounded out with uh, Lexington Distillery's Hallmark product, Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. It is a beer aged in oak bourbon barrels. It has a great bourbon flavor, and boy, am I excited to be drinking this. You see this stuff everywhere, by the way. All the time. No matter what bar you go to in the Midwest or yeah. the South, it, this is there. It's taken, <laughs> a, it's taken a nation by storm. It's good. So another thing that Hefty is uh, taking the nation by storm is the FDB podcast. Really? We and just what, got awesome stuff going on. What do you mean by that? I don't know. I mean, I just feel like things are really happening. A lot of listeners are enjoying the show. People are saying they, they feel like they're a part of a community, and that's what we wanted, buddy. It's exactly what we wanted. And I, we're just going to keep doing what we do. But- What is that? What do we do? What do we do? We have great guests with giveaways and alcohol with bourbon guests and yeah. film and whatever. Now, you got a, you got a, something got in store for us today. a big surprise for you and our listeners. What is happening today? So- I've got a indie film director, Brad Boris, who nice. has directed a fantastic feature-length documentary that's getting lots of acclaim. Sweet. Uh, yeah, and I, I wanted him to, to come on the show and tell us a little bit about him, about his product, about filmmaking in general. And he's so, a fan of the show, right? He's a fan of the show. All I right, guess, well, yeah. let's, uh, let's get him on the phone. Yeah, do, let's do, try it out. Do what you do and get uh, him on. Yeah, let's, uh, well, Adam's got a, he's tweaking a few things. Get those sparks going in there. <laughs> Brad. You there? I'm here. What's hey, up, what's up, man? There he is. Didn't know if we'd get through. Uh, our phone line's a little sketchy here. Yeah, you got to do all this crank and wiring stuff. I know, and I'm on a landline on the other end. So. Oh, nice. What's a landline? Yeah, what land are you at? <laughs> I know. it's. I, I can't Ancient chase technology. around. I'm like tied to the phone with a cord. <laughs> I haven't done this since I was like a teenager, maybe. You should sit down nice. and pour some bourbon and are relax. You, uh, are you on, uh, what, what time zone are you in? Where are you at? I'm Eastern. Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. I'm in a cabin in Loudonville area. Yep. Nice. Roughing it. He's roughing it. it. Sounds yeah. fun. Sweet, dude. Well, welcome to the show. You and I uh, know each other from a few years back. 
we actually worked on a project together a long time ago, and I heard about this sweet project that you were doing. So can you first off tell us a little bit about you and about uh, about what your project is? Yeah, who's this Brad guy all about? Yeah, so yeah, we met working a gig up in Cleveland, and I had just wrapped shooting this dock, and the dock started in 2011. I was living in L.A. at the time, and was working in a post house, very, very unfulfilling work. I wanted to be out shooting, making stuff, and I was mostly locked up in a cave editing uh, infomercials. Ooh, I know that my feeling. My career wasn't going how I wanted. Um, so at the time, I switch out of post and start working for the L.A. Film Fest, really at my wits of even living in Los Angeles and Wanting to make docs, it didn't really make that much sense to be out there in the first place. But, you know, I moved there after college thinking it was the right move as a filmmaker. Um, So I meet this boxer um, who's volunteering for the L.A. Film Fest, and he's depressed, down and out, overweight dude. He hasn't fought in 15 years. Mm. Just kind of a, a journeyman guy, um, just kind of a wanderer and... He tells me his life story. He's 40 years old. He's having a midlife crisis, and he says he's looking for boxing gyms, and he wants to get this pro fight that he never had. Hmm. And it's <laughs> just, you know, something that's I'm thinking this is interesting, but, you know, is this guy for real? Is he just talking? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I tell him if he finds a gym, I want to start filming We'll see where it goes. So that's what happened in, in just a very kind of organic, slow way. He just kept going to the gym, kept training, kept getting his ass kicked. I can <laughs> cuss on here? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. We, we throw up a little uh, indicator or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to arrest us. Yeah, but so he's um, just so determined and... Then I find out about his kids and the fact that he's not in their lives and he's been seeking out, making contact with them. So all these things sort of came together like the perfect storm. And in the deeper that I got into this, the more I'm taking it serious and thinking, you know, this is actually something that could be bigger than I ever thought it could be. So... That led us to him moving to New Orleans to track down his son. So I uproot out of L.A., keep filming the story. You know, just at this point, I'm like six months into the film, and I'm just like, how did I even end up? <laughs> Where's this going? At yeah. this point. So you, so you followed the story? Yeah. Because Literally. you know, uh, as a as a you know, I love documentary as well. It's it's something that I you know I, I see and I meet people. And I just, I'm like, man, what's their story? And I think it's so cool that you happen chance upon this character. And not only did you want to know about his story, but then you kind of, you kind of joined the story. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. It's, um, and it, it took me being at the right place in my life where I was literally on the wits of leaving LA. So, you know, I think if my career would have been going good, I wouldn't have committed to this story into this guy and uprooted and fo- you know followed him to New Orleans to film him but it was it was just a 
that was at a turning point in my life, and it allowed me to just say, you know, screw everything. I've been doing this unfulfilling work for five years. I'm going to just dedicate and do a passion project. Yeah, do some for yourself. So, for sure. so how what what did the New Orleans turn into? Were you, how long were you in New Orleans? Like, what was it like? Are you like with this guy 24 seven? Did you guys have a schedule of when you would film with him, or he would call you if something cool was going to happen? How did that work? Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, you know, we had a friendship from the beginning, just from when you know I met him and and he was just opening up to me and you know telling me all these details about his life and just when you film someone in an intimate way like that you you form a bond so it was very casual I mean when I was down in New Orleans I was actively looking for paying jobs at the same time and there's a decent amount of film stuff happening but I would also come back up to Ohio when I would run out of money and and find work here um and I would just go to the gym as much as I could and film him, and then I would film him as much as I could with his son. And he was always open to me filming, so if I wanted to be there to film, like, he was cool with it, which, you know, it takes the right type of person to open up their life so much. And I think him being this underdog, kind of downtrodden guy, when somebody's finally, like, I like your story. I want to get it out to the world. He just embraced that. Yeah, it gives them a little yeah. bit of hope. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. So you say you guys were, you know, filming sporadically and, you know, all the time and all this stuff. What what were you guys filming on? What did you shoot on? Oh, man. It's it's almost embarrassing now. Ah, no. Um, you know, I started on a Panasonic DVX. Standard def. Nice. In 2011. Nice. Which was still a dinosaur camera back then. Yeah. And then as soon as it started getting good, I said, you know, I, I got to upgrade. And I, I really wanted to just stay with a camcorder mm-hmm. just for the simplicity. So then I would say the last three quarters of the film is on a HPX. Okay, so you upped it to HD. Yeah. There you go. And, I mean, if I was shooting it today, I would be on a C100. No doubt. Yeah, Brand, but, Brandon's a huge fan of the C100. Yeah, it's my baby. Yeah. Um, but I will say, having that massive camcorder zoom and shooting usually with one camera, like, you know, I mean, that was the only the only benefit, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's a gritty film, you know, so it's... I think the look fits the story... No doubt. Yeah. Well, not only that, it seems like if you've if you've got that much footage, it's gonna actually add to it to give that sort of dated look a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of situations filming on the fly where if I was on a C100 going from trying to pop a 24 to 70 and then a 70 to 200, like I yeah. would have missed stuff. We're you're having that huge camcorder zoom, just being able to pop from wide to you know super tight. It was definitely yeah, beneficial. For sure. Life doesn't usually give you a pause button. <laughs> yeah. No, so you you this is a, a boxing story. It's also a human story about his kids. Uh, I feel like if you say any more, you're gonna you're gonna start giving away the ending. Is that Im- is that important? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I want like as a listener, I'm I'm at like like right now, like there's a lot of there's a lot of boxing stories, right? So I just watched Southpaw. Hot topic. Yeah. Creed is about to release. What? Give us a little. I'm sure you've you've got a log line and all that sort of jazz. But what's your hook? What's what's going to make the listeners say, "Man, I can't I can't wait to get my hands on that. I want to see what this Brad guy's been up to." 
Well, I would have to say this is, it is a, I think, can go down as a classic boxing film. It is a documentary, but beings that we filmed, you know, in this verite style in the moment, and just the the beauty of the, the way that things transpired, it, it definitely follows a great natural arc. And, you know, there's these plot points that are just unreal and, when I watch it now, I'm just thinking, like, I can't believe things happen like that, you know, yeah. because it's... It's the magic of it's, documentary, yeah. yeah. Wow. Man, that, that's... that's all, I'm excited. I know you don't you don't want to give it all away, but that's exciting to hear that, that some cool stuff happened along the way, and I think that, um, you know, people don't realize how, you know, how difficult documentary is. It's, it's, a, it's a painstaking process of just, you know sticking with the story long enough yeah absolutely i mean every every setback that dino had was just devastating to me because i you know i'm just investing more time and money but it's doing such great things for the story so it's like (laughs) this is constant like duality of like this is awful but knowing when i go in and cut it it's going to be great and it, it, it worked out so well because it was like I don't want to give anything away, but it was like I was almost at my breaking point. I don't, you know, I know some filmmakers put in like eight, ten years on a doc, and it's just like I just don't think I could do that. Mm. We put in two years, and without giving anything away, I think we, I think our arc was complete when we wrapped out. Yeah, I mean, wh- wow. when I met you, you were talking about how you just completed the film, and that was in 2013. Yeah. So can you take us through the process after you're done, you've got this great story, it's cut together, it's beautiful. What happens next? Yeah, what'd you do with it? Did you go film festival? Did you who who saw it and and why why only now can we promote it? Yeah, well we had the highest aspirations for the film and we submitted to the biggest festivals and we got rejected by all of them. <laughs> and then you you just get kind of knocked down, humbled puts you back at square one, and then you say, you know, maybe some of these awesome second-tier festivals will show it. Mm -hmm. And that's where we really found our audience. Uh, We won the jury award at the New Orleans Film Fest. Wow, uh, congrats. New Hampshire Film Fest. And, you know, everybody gets all jacked up about Sundance and Tribeca and South by Southwest, but it's, it's a filmmaker's pipe dream, and it's not that nobody gets into those festivals, but it's just don't live or die on those hopes yeah yeah know that there's you know this huge community outside of that little niche of what people think is like the the only way to get an indie film out absolutely did you guys after we had our nice festival run um just through mutual connections and in having kind of the resume of winning awards we we got a deal set up with uh, Something Creative, which is a small VOD distribution company out of LA, and they're you know they're an up and coming company. They got some films out, but they're a perfect fit for us because you know you're not going to get Lionsgate or Weinstein. Not right out of the out. box. So you no. have to find a company that's small and that's hungry. What, what do you mean uh, for the listeners? What do you mean via VOD, video on demand? Yeah. Okay. So are there uh, they're a distribution company like or they have like a website where they're streaming it or they're like they're hooking it up to 
other places like Crackle and stuff like that? Yeah, they're you know their their focus is you know ultimately getting the film on Netflix. Okay. And but then beneath that, you know, iTunes, Vimeo on demand, sure. Amazon. So so how did you find them? Because I think there's a lot of filmmakers listening today. I myself am interested. You know, I you know you create a great doc, you create a great film, and you know. You know your place in the world. You know you're not going to be a national theater release, but you'd really like to get it on Netflix, so to speak. You know, I'm assuming you were in a similar place. How did you? Was it just through knowing people and connections, or did you know of these type of distribution places? How do you know which is the right one to go with? You know, did the contract scare you? There's just a lot going on there. Talk yeah. us through that. Yeah, they after some of the film fest, we got calls from other companies that. We just didn't get a good vibe from. They wanted money up front. They they looked like they were just you know, just big farm out film kind of distributors that just try to sign anything. So we passed on a lot of people that called, and then through Kevin Devore, who was an editor and producer. I mean, it was just you know the way that things usually work in this industry. Somebody he went to high school with knew somebody <laughs> that worked there. Yeah was able to get the film to them. Yeah. That's awesome. What's funny is that, speaking of relationships and weirdness, Kevin is actually my wife's cousin. <laughs> yeah. We're all we're all connected. So how do you, what made you want to go with them? At what point were you like, okay, this sounds legit. I think they'll help us get it, get, get it seen and visible. Yeah. What was the thing that, you know, that was different about that experience versus some of the bigger box places that you thought were just going to, you were going to be a one and done with them? You know, they would take the time to really talk to me on the phone. And they they were realistic about their expectations with the film. Um, and, you know, when you're from the Midwest, like, you're a realist, you know. And some mm. of these other people were just kind of, like, talking up this big game, but I wasn't really seeing it backed up on their portfolios, where SK was just like, we're young, you know, we don't have the greatest portfolio yet, but we're hungry, we're eager to get great films right now. Didn't want any money up front. They wanted a little higher percentage on the back end, but mm. that to me shows that they're going to work to make their money, and they're not just going to want money up front. So yeah, that's the type of thing that you know just really stuck out to me with them. For sure. So what 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 have they been able to do for you? Where is it now? Well, you know. Once we signed, they really just they just took off with it. And the biggest thing that they did, which I think a lot of docs like this need, is they reached out to some athlete-type celebrity personalities to, to come on as an ambassador, and they were able to get Metal World Peace. Nice. To attach to the film. Yeah. So, you know, he comes on late as an executive producer. Yep. He's basically somebody who the story really touched him and he really related to it. So it wasn't just like him doing someone a favor. I mean, he watched the film. I think he said he watched it three times in one weekend and was just wow enamored by it. So, um, so just having him has been great. I mean, it opens up so many opportunities to get press and, yeah, that's a um, huge endorsement. Yeah, it's ama- isn't it amazing? And I'd like to know your feedback too, because you you know the work you put in, and and you you trust and you know and you feel in your heart that this film is worthwhile. 
but there's a lot of people who would throw it maybe under the bus, but as soon as you attach a celebrity's name to it, then all of a sudden it has value. How did that make you feel? Or how does that, how does that thinking, how, how should our listeners and people either just embrace that philosophy or deal with that? Because to me as a filmmaker, I think sometimes that's frustrating that you know all of a sudden oh, there's all these great films out there that could be amazing and just beautiful and life-changing, but we'll never get to see them unless you know something miraculous happens. I mean, obviously you've you've done a hard hard amount of work and aligned the right people, and this all the stars aligned for you, and, and it sounds like some really great things are happening. I can't wait to see the film. But what is that like? Uh, and how weird is it that all of a sudden these doors are opening with with this guy attached to it? Yeah, it, it's 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 hard to really embrace that philosophy in the way the industry works. I mean. When I was in the thick of production or even when we were grinding the cutout, I would have been, that would have just been such a turnoff to me or I would have thought that was ridiculous or absurd. The idealism of the filmmaker, you know, this film is great on its own. We don't need celebrities or endorsements. But once you sit around for a year and watch your film kind of teeter on the brink of going into oblivion, mm. <laughs> like... You just get so desperate that it, it's the greatest idea in the world, and you just jump on board, like <laughs> you know. So it's the end goal is to get it seen. So kind of yeah. whatever it takes, right? Yeah, yeah. get it, get eyeballs on. This I thing. I do think that's cool though. That you know, I, I like the philosophy, and you know, if 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 a film needs exposure from uh, from some sense of celebrity, and a celebrity is not in the film attaching a celebrity who and a, a either appreciates it yeah. gets it or whatever and you're allowed to use or leverage their their celebrity their name it seems like a great way to go for young film filmmakers out there you know as they think about stuff is hey you don't need so and so in your film you just need them to tell people it's good <laughs> yeah. It, yeah yeah and with meta i mean he was sincerely just moved by the film his dad was a boxer that's cool his dad also wasn't the greatest figure in his life. That's not cool. He's had some turmoil in his life, similar to Dino. He's got some kids. He's ultimately at a point where he's changed his life for the better. So I think if if they would have just thrown out some name, you know, and, and the person didn't have the right personal connection, it wouldn't have felt right. But mm. with him, you know, it was like we talked to him and, you could just tell that it was sincere. Nice, that's cool, man. That's what's important. So, what's now, next? Can I, can I throw? Out, let yeah, me throw out ahead. a question. And yep. I, this isn't to be insensitive, and I don't want to take away from the meaning of it. But was he paid for his celebrity, or were they were able to leverage a, an endorsement just based on the story, or was there like, hey, I like your story, but here's my fee? Probably a percentage thing, I'm sure. He, he's getting a very small percentage, mm -hmm. and. And he's getting the credit, which, you know, if if he ultimately, after his basketball career, decides to pursue the film industry, you know, it's he's an executive producer credit yeah. is a good credit to have. So, um, but yeah, I don't think any of that really mattered to him. Yeah. He, I think he that was just, was just kind of standard business. And at the end of the day, he just wanted to be a part of it because of the connection. Sure, that's great. no, that's cool. I just asked that because I know a lot yeah. of a lot of listeners are probably on the other end going, "Well, how they do that and what did that cost yeah. and you know all that sort of stuff." You know, it's yeah, one of those, it's all about no, money. totally. I think 
you know, there was some other names that were reaching out to some boxers and and some people from different from the film world. But I think it ultimately would have came down to a deal a little more like that with like with a, a fee, and mm. we would just were not about that at all. So yeah, I think that's the cool thing about documentary, though, is it's mostly you know you have these humanity-driven stories and life lessons and all this stuff, and it's I don't know a little less corporate. You know, yeah, it draws a, did, a more thinking crowd. Did you guys yeah. submit to Hot Docs? Did you guys get the screen in Toronto? Uh, we did submit and did not get in. Oh. Yeah, Hot Docs is it's like Tough the one. Sundance of documentary. But if yeah, if you uh, have ever had a chance, we were up there for the um, documentary uh, challenge. They we we used to do it all the time, and we mm-hmm. made it into the finals a couple years. But it's just a fun atmosphere to be in where it, literally it's like the only place on earth where people go to like embrace documentary they have a, they have a, a theater i think it's called the broadmoor in toronto that only shows documentaries it's it's yeah. pretty cool and so we got to watch mm-hmm. the premiere of point and shoot we got to watch the premiere of the what's his name the um, atheist sci- uh, magician guy with the beard oh yeah with the beard, what's it. his name? The great Randy, amazing Randy. Yeah, yeah. We got to watch the premiere of that, and he was actually there, so he came out on the stage, and it was just an electrifying experience, really cool. And then I've also done some of the smaller experiences as well. So, and I think those two are some of the ones you mentioned. New Hampshire, I haven't done that. I did a small one in Chicago, and um, done one in Brooklyn. Those are a lot of fun because everything's so accessible. Everybody's there, and it's just a real sense of community. Did you get that same sense in New Hampshire and in some of the other smaller uh, film festivals you were at? Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I I haven't been to a lot of big ones, so I can't really judge them. But just from what I've heard, you know, there's there's no BS at these smaller ones. It's just a genuine audience that's just looking for, you know, just some cutting edge like films that they're not going to see in the mainstream and Mm. you know i think some of the bigger ones have they do what they can to hang on to their integrity but they've ultimately (laughs) yeah have sort of blended with the hollywood mode and sure and it's it's kind of it's kind of a pay to play like you know if you have you're going to have x amount of films with major hollywood stars they're all going to premiere there there's going to be big parties Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you know, it's all kind of a arra- it's like an arranged marriage. Yeah. This was this will be the new Iron Man film, and Robert Downey will be there, and yeah. then he will win an Oscar for his performance. And it's kind of like you know, f you. That's what I <laughs> that's what yeah. I think. I like the small guys, so I'm excited. Yeah. I want to tell the listeners because they're dying right now. The name of the film. What is the name of this film? When the bell rings. When the bell all right. rings. And when where the bell where rings. can they find it right now at this moment? iTunes. iTunes. Awesome. So it's on iTunes. Yeah, we released yesterday on the twenty fourth. So so right can I can I rent it? Can I buy it? What can I do on iTunes? You can buy it, you can rent it. So when I when I rent this film, I'm contributing to your hard work, your income as a filmmaker. Exactly. Dude, this is uh, awesome. Good to hear. I love that. And I think our listeners love that. I think that, that as filmmakers, as a community, we have to keep in mind and remember that these services, these streamings, whenever we rent, like filmmakers are making a living. People are getting paid. Things are happening. Um, yes, you can go and rip any film you want from anywhere and Doesn't whatever. help anybody, though. But guess what? We're yeah. hurting the community. And I think it's so cool today to have heard some of your story, talk about this film, and I'm going to mm. get to go home and rent it and, and you know, be like, 
I know this guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> talk to him earlier. And, today. and our listeners yeah. are going to be like, "Yeah, I listened to him. He was on the show, and and that's so cool." So, mm. that's just what a great it story, a man. Story. What's yeah. uh, what's next for you? So, outside of this film, we know where this is going. It's potentially it's got a long life, you know, in Netflix, iTunes, etc. But what's next for you? You have another project up your sleeve? You know, there's a couple ideas that are being tossed around right now. I can't talk about them too much. Mm-hmm. Um, one is it's got a sports theme. It's got a similar approach, kind of following a team. And it's very, very, it's it's in the very beginning stages. But um, Are you sticking in the documentary realm now? Yeah, I, I'm doc for life now. You oh, know, there you go. That's so good to hear. You're, I kind you, of fantasize with narrative and, yeah. um, you know, the more that I've been exposed to, I mean, documentary genre has just blown up and there's so many different styles and techniques yeah. that you can use now in the cameras. It's, mm. it's just a different game than it was maybe 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And it just makes it more exciting as a filmmaker, I think. So I've just kind of slowly grown, uh, you know, more interested in, in docs. And then after going out and shooting one, just, you know, being immersed in it, like, I just, yeah, I think I'm doc for life. You fell in love. Let, yeah. Hey, love let me ask sight. you this, because I'm, you know, you, you're actually, you have no clue how much inspiration you're giving me right now. Because uh, I've, I've got multiple ideas, and I've got one that I'm obsessed with uh, that that uh, I, I'm going to pursue. That's all there is to it, especially after hearing you talk. But, how did you um did, was it just you? Like did you just do this whole thing like yourself? You edited it, you filmed it, did you bring on, you know, crew? Did you depending on the setups, you you scaled up? And then if so, how did you fund it? It's a great question. In the beginning it was just me in that DVX camera. <laughs> and like I said, the more the more serious that it became, um the more it became necessary to kind of bring other people in. Um, we did a couple Kickstarter campaigns and they were never for, they never covered everything by any means. Like I was taking, I was really picking up gigs down in New Orleans, but it wasn't enough. I would come up to Ohio and work construction for a month and go back down to New Orleans and freelance editing so it was really just funded by whatever means possible. Um, wow, man, that's so inspiring, man. That uh, that's just pretty rad to think about. You were, you were, and you know, the nature. It's like it was a liberating shoot because it was just me and a camera and a shotgun in a lab, mm-hmm. and you just go out. So once you have the tools, it's your time. But it, you know, there wasn't huge production costs except just the dedication of time and so many great people it's just like down in new orleans i would you know meet i go out go to events you know there's film groups and such down there and just connect with somebody they come out and shoot they bring out a dslr so i'd be like okay now we can get you know we can get some slider shots we can have a little style to this you know um you know, someone would bring out a 7D. It's like, well, we can shoot some 60 frames per second. You know, we can get a little slow-mo. So it was – and you can totally feel that in the cut. I mean, when I watch it, 
I'm learning to make a documentary as the film progresses. And fortunately, it's all in chronological order, so it only gets better. <laughs> it's not like I shot something in the beginning that happens at the end. <laughs> but, you know, it's hard for me to watch the first 20 minutes because it's like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, <laughs> And then towards the end, it's like, you know, Tony Ledette, someone from New Orleans, he was coming out and shooting with me, and we just kind of got locked in on the style. We were watching a lot of Friday Night Lights on Netflix. Yeah. And just breaking down, like, you know, just getting that real, just kind of locked in, gritty doc style. Nice. Did you shoot some high shutter speed stuff? Um. In like in the ring, like what would you do in the ring? You know, there's not a lot of stylized stuff. I mean, for the most part, there's just some some sixty frame slow mo. Um, but I mean, most of it's just you know straight up just shooting. Regular shutter, just this guy's day to day grind. Like you said, Barrett's <laughs> A, just showing what happens, man. Yeah. You know, this is his struggle. Watch and enjoy. I feel like I can yeah. I can hear the day to day grind in your voice, Brad. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean you can tell he put his entire uh, soul into this film and it seems to have paid off, man. So I I just want to say congrats. Yeah. Yeah, and we're we're stoked, man. This is probably one of my favorite episodes so yeah. far. I just I really enjoy hearing your story. I know the listeners are going to enjoy it. Yeah, um, and a real filmmaker right here. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's awesome, guys. I hear that from you, and like you know, I said before, I'm a huge fan. It's an honor to be on. Um, and I mean, I've learned so much. I mean, every episode, I always <laughs> take one thing out of it, um, even if it's just like a, a, a new bourbon. But there's, hey. there's, there's always something. <laughs> there you go. That's um, our that's our goal. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, dude. That's well, awesome, man. Hey, thank you so much for coming on and telling your story. Uh, again, tell our tell our listeners the name of the film and where they can find it right now. Name of the film is When the Bell Rings. And if you go to iTunes, search that, you will find it. You mm-hmm. can rent it. You can buy it. You can get HD, SD. Every option is covered. Awesome. So, awesome, yeah, go man. do that. Support filmmaking, yeah. indie filmmaking, and we'll put those documentary. Links on, we'll put the links on ftvpodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, your source for independent filmmakers, interviews, uh, uh, whatever you want, you man. Go. Brad, this is where it happens. What about you, man? Where can people find you? Where can they, if they want to ask you questions about the film, yeah, about or if doc, they want to hire you, or if they want to hire you, where can they go? Um, I have my own website, bradborisfilms.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd probably be the best spot. Facebook. Instagram, I'm out there. You can find me. <laughs> Sweet. Well, we'll throw again, throw all that stuff up on the website so people can yeah, find man. it and try not to misspell anything. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, enjoy your uh, your Thanksgiving now, and uh, we will be watching your film over the break and promoting the crap out of it. So, yeah, man, let's uh, let's stay in touch, and uh, if you're ever uh, here in town, let's all let's all get together. Definitely. Cool, Midwest man. Filmmakers got to stick together. <laughs> yeah, no I doubt, agreed. man. Well, thanks so much, man. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have See a good you, one. Bye. All right. Bye. Man. When the bell rings. I like that guy. Yeah, he's awesome. Dude, yeah. He's, he I feel like great. he's part of, he's like, I got, I have a, he doesn't, he might not feel it, but I feel a connection. He's, yeah. yeah I mean, you're I both like, born from the same doc kind oh, of man. Uh, Yeah, I'm so fibers. inspired right now to yeah. go to go make my, my yeah. first feature length documentary. Yeah. I mean, I just remember meeting him on that shoot, you know, two over two years ago. Yeah. 
And he was so like into this thing. I was like, all right, well, he's got the drive. That's there. You know, and just to see it kind of all come together. Now it's on iTunes. He's with a video distribution house and Meta World Peace endorsing the film. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Wow. Man, what a great treat. Thanks for yeah. setting that up, Alex. You're welcome. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, be, buddy. buddy. Man, what a nice Thanksgiving treat. I'm thankful us. for our, our friendship and our partnership. Yeah, it's been good. <laughs> well, you know, in the uh, there's we have another, well, maybe a similar story. Um, Adam, oh, yeah. here at the studio, he, he did sound for a feature-length documentary that's gotten great reviews. It's being distributed all mm. over the world. Um, yeah. And I believe, uh, I don't know, can I talk about it? I don't know if... I won't talk about it. I, it's about it's about somebody in music who is uh, great in music in the in the in the in the in the music world. Yeah, and well, it's appropriate that he did sound on it then. Yeah, and so he <laughs> is he is gonna uh, get that person, the director, the person who brought it together on the show. We're gonna hear their experience telling the story of uh, of a modern day classic, I believe. Yeah. Well, we'll so, see. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been setting cool. this up for a while. But uh, so actually, Adam's. Let's yeah, get, let's get it. Come get in, in here. Yeah, Adam, come in here. Adam's and, gonna come uh, in just yeah. to talk about this because I know you guys like hearing this type of content, and we definitely have this confirmed. It's going to happen in the new year. Adam, uh, tease us a little bit with uh, your filmmaking guest that you're, you're going to be able to bring on the show. All right, so this is he's a friend of mine. Well, we we started off as as uh, you know clients, you know, somebody we work with, and. Uh, End up be, becoming really great friends. Um, really great movie. I, I I can't go too far into it, but it, it involves yeah, it involves some of the the biggest names of classical music. Uh, wow, global talent. Yeah. Um, a similar situation though follows somebody over a course of a few years. I don't, I don't want to spoil it for his story because it's it's an incredible story. So don't spoil it. You're starting to see parallels though. You'll see between. Yeah. These guys who have the passion that yeah. that, that they get the story some way, and, and you, you'll you'll see so. real life. Real life often meshes with the life on screen in documentary. It's like yeah. you you become part of the story, whether you want to or not. Yes. So in major ways. That's great. Well, yeah. uh, that's awesome, Adam. So yeah. uh, it'll be a good one. It's good to have you on the show, Adam. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and sitting in a booth, <laughs> sipping sipping coffee, sipping the bluegrass sundown. Yeah. Let's just right. keep calling it coffee. So if, it's, you know, it's just you know, coffee. While you're at no, work, while you're on just, set, oh, it's just coffee. Oh, yeah. Well, every, everybody around here since last week. Well, so, yeah, since uh, since the last episode. No, two episodes back. Um, has been all over it. Like, come, uh, come 5 o'clock, you, you hear someone making coffee. Like, what are you making? Oh, oh, you're making coffee. It. I all right. get it. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Nice. So, cool, man. Right on. Excellent. All right, yeah. well. So uh, let's let's get into that. Hopefully, yeah. so we're excited for that to happen. So uh, Thanksgiving's coffee, tomorrow. Thanksgiving's tomorrow. It's it was yesterday when they hear this. Thanksgiving was is yesterday. It's <laughs> it's like a whole verb tense thing. Yeah, I hope um, it was a good one. Yeah, yeah, I hope it was good. Yeah, it will be good. It was yeah. good. It it was it was great. Yeah. So speaking of that, why yeah. don't why don't we do this? Let's name three things from this podcast. That you're thankful for. Oh wow, man, you're getting introspective. I am. Um, well, I'm thankful first and foremost uh, that we're doing the podcast. Yeah. We talked about the podcast for so long, and finally we did. And I really enjoy this hour of my week more than anything else. It's because of me. Well, it's because I love it's you. It's because yes. you get to see me. But <laughs> it is because it's so rewarding to just 
unload and talk about stuff knowing that yeah. we have a listenership who well, like Brad said that gets to take yeah, away it, maybe one thing and it gives each them episode. a place to feel connected yeah community and so i really like that my number 2 is probably a huge thanks and and a huge gratefulness to uh Adam Plyman and the team at Sound Images mm. uh they took and they saw in us uh something unique and interesting and an audience that appealed to them and they have made it amazing experience i mean we are in a world-class recording studio on thousand dollar microphones yeah drinking bourbon how did we get and we have an engineer typically in dave who like sets it all up a master of his craft it's just blowing my mind so we love sound images what they've been doing you hear it at the end of every show brought to you by sound images Mm -hmm. if you're out there and if you need help with your post, if you've got a short film, if you've got something where you just need that little extra uh, you know, spice to top it off, mm. call the guys at Sound Images. They work with people from all over the country. They kind of know what they're doing. Just That would be my two. My last thing yeah. would probably be uh, that, I don't know, that's really only two. I'm that's grateful hard. for... Uh, for the bourbon companies ah. who always are so cool with giving us part of the show. and supplying us bourbon. Yeah. And it's just a lot of fun to, in yeah. the middle of the week, come take a little sippy sippy yep. and uh, and chat. Enjoy. And this week happens to be Alltech Kentucky Ale. Yeah, so. the, the Kentucky Distillery. So yeah. it, it's a great thing. What about you? What are your three? My three favorites. So number one, obviously, is, is the listenership. Just the people that actually are supporting us and that do take away something for this. They give us a reason to do it. If no one's listening, why are we doing it? You know? Good point. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two is our interviews. The people that come on the show, they give a little yeah. piece of themselves, like Brad today, or any of the fantastic people we've had before. They come sure. and they give us insight into how they've reached the point that they're at now. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, even the companies, they have such, you know, yeah. unique points of view and For and sure. what they what they're passionate about and, yeah. and so it's neat to hear from all aspects. Exactly. That's cool. And then number 3 is is you, my friend. Oh, man. Yeah. We wow. we've got a we've got a, a good thing going. So cheers. Cheers to you, Cheers buddy. to that. Cheers to you. So, happy Thanksgiving happy to Thanksgiving. all. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh I think that wraps up the show today. I know. We got more stuff coming. Uh we've only got a few more episodes before the end of the year. I know. Year. We're going into 2016. I know. We're going to be taking a little break throughout the holidays. Yeah, we've got we've got a we've got big plans. Lots of stuff happening, lots mm-hmm. of things going on, lots of projects. Uh Infinite amount of people who, who oh. we need to get on the show. Exactly. More stories like Brad's. Yeah. More more great- stories from different areas, yeah. like out from Saudi Arabia. Like I yeah, want to hear what's, what's going, going on, on in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. It's amazing. We have so. a, we have listenership there. We're gonna find them. Yes, but anyway, so going into your break, going into your your Thanksgiving, you've got the weekend coming up. Your belly full of turkey. Yes. Go watch when the bell rings on iTunes. Yeah, check it out. You can also go to ftvpodcast.com. We'll have all the and links and see what all's there. And yeah. um, it's gonna be good. Let yeah. us know what you think. Hit us up. Go contact Brad. Tell him good job. Yeah. You love you. Anyway, sounds good. All right, man. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast was recorded live at Sound Images Studio. Find out more at soundimages.com.